Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. And filling in for Jim Smalley today, I'm Ryan McNally. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by the Assiniboia Livestock, the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. On today's show, we hear from SARM President Ray Orb on the throne speech that took place yesterday. We also hear from the Food Grains Tour and its 4-H Giving Back Day today. And as usual, farm weather in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today at 306-624-2378. With the speech from the throne yesterday and question period beginning today in the Saskatchewan legislature, SARM is hoping to continue working with the province on issues that involve rural Saskatchewan. SARM President Ray Orb says he's encouraged by some of the key issues being addressed by the provincial government during this sitting of the legislature. It was, uh, of course, uh, a different kind of experience just looking at the legislative assembly and, you know, the uh, social distancing, but uh, that's a a sign of uh, our times, unfortunately. But uh, we're quite pleased overall. Uh, but uh, we do have a concern uh, with uh, one of the farm support programs um, in respect to agri-stability. And so we, uh, you know, we're committed to working with, uh, with the province and the Ministry of Agriculture to try and, uh, try and revise that, if possible, uh, to make it compatible with what the federal government is offering. You know, the carbon tax continues to be a big issue. What makes it an important issue for SARM? Well, unfortunately, the carbon tax, we believe, is an unfair tax that's being um, uh, imposed on our Saskatchewan producers, and it also affects the rural municipalities uh, by the federal government, and something that, um, you know, we've, we've been uh, we're trying, to, trying to resolve this issue, uh, telling the federal government they should be rewarding farmers in Saskatchewan rather, rather than penalizing the extra costs. Uh, for drying grain, you know, with propane and natural gas, even just the cost to operate farms, um, that extra tax is something we certainly don't need at this time. And you also mentioned agri-stability a little bit earlier in this interview, too. I guess, uh, I guess what's your guys' position on that, and uh, I guess what would you like to see come from that? Well, we, we would like to see, of course, if there's a way that the Saskatchewan government can, can match the uh, federal contributions. In essence, Saskatchewan needs to contribute uh, 40% of the share uh, that goes into the Agri-Stability Fund. And, and uh, we know that Ottawa is, uh, is looking at some, making some changes, and it, it could be retroactive to, you know, to the beginning of this year. So that would help our farmers, and uh, this would uh, need commitment here from our from our treasury to be able to do that. So we're asking the, the provincial minister uh, to be able to uh, try and you know to ask for this to see if we can uh, we can help our farmers here. Obviously, a focus on COVID nineteen uh, with this session, but uh, what are you looking for when it comes to ag spending uh, during the session? 
Well, we're you know we're looking for so I mean just you know it'll be an increase uh, of course that would have to be um, you know put into our budget and um, we're hoping that could be done as soon as possible. But um, you know we're we're looking at uh, the effects of COVID as well on uh, on the farming community and um, you know the uh, problem with uh, rural internet is still there. We're looking for some kind of resolve to that as well, and that might take some more provincial funding. We know also that there is federal funding available to the Universal Broadband Fund and also through the Canadian Infrastructure Bank. So we're, uh, we're looking for the province to provide some feedback to us on that issue, which is really important to rural Saskatchewan. And with COVID-19 reaching into rural communities as well as the urban centres, uh, what are you calling on other municipal leaders to do? Well, we're not um, we're not uh, going to ask um, for, you know for them to comment uh, specifically on any issue, but I think you know it'd be working together. Obviously, uh, we're all in this together, rural, rural and urban uh, leaders. Um, we do communicate uh, with them, but we also communicate through uh, the Minister of Government Relations and to make sure that we're apprised uh, of all the changes in regards to um, what government relations is, is seeing out there, and we're trying to provide feedback to them as well. That was SARM President Ray Orb on the throne speech and the issues rural communities are hoping to get addressed by the provincial government. This portion is brought to you by the Salford Group. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. A communications specialist and young farmer from Theodore in East Central Saskatchewan is talking about her experiences on an agricultural tour to India. Caitlin Kitzan went on a Canadian Food Grains Bank mission in late February or early March, just prior to the COVID-19 travel restrictions. The base point was Calcutta in northeast India. Not far from the border with Bangladesh, Kitson saw a variety of agricultural development projects. When we arrived, I think the biggest thing that will always stick with me is how opening and welcoming the communities were. We toured in many different communities in that area, in that region, and every single community was a little bit different. Their culture was a little bit different, but they all were so welcoming and so proud to show off their community and their farms. While large in number, the farms are very small. Farmers there only have about one to four acres. And if you have four acres, you're considered a pretty big farmer. So I saw lots of that one acre to two acre farmers, which means lots of it is done by hand. It's really labor intensive. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, they're farmers and they're producing fresh and nutritious food for their families, their communities, and others. The main crop is rice, but pulses and corn do fill out the rotation. Kitson was especially interested in women's role in agriculture. I actually met a female farmer that's fighting for the right to have her name on a land title, which I thought was really cool. I also talked to another female farmer that she started going to empowerment groups, and she used to be just one of those women in the field just doing, you know, handwork, and now she does all the business She's the one who speaks up on behalf of their farm. She does all the banking with their bank. So I think they're seeing a major transition that, you know, women in agriculture mean more than just labor. They're playing a bigger part on their farms there. Kitson also talked about her lasting impressions of India and the farms she toured. I just think how happy they are with so little they have. And I really appreciate seeing their community strength, their pride, their passion, just like rural communities here in Saskatchewan, they come together as a community for the better good. And 
they really inspired me to come back here to Saskatchewan and really ignite my passion to bringing our community closer together here. Caitlin will be talking more about her trip to India early in the new year during presentations on the Canadian Food Grains Bank Facebook page. And the Saskatchewan 4-H Foundation wants to raise $60,000 as a way to mark its 60th anniversary. 4-H provides learning opportunities as well as leadership and public speaking skills for young people between the ages of 6 and 21. Rebecca Fitzsimmons has been a member of the Viscount 4-H Beef Club for 12 years. 4-H really gave me the skills to know like how to properly present yourself and be confident and make friends. And I think it's just a really important program in developing youth into taking action and participating and volunteering in their communities. This being Giving Tuesday, a day to be charitable and give something back to society, the Saskatchewan Forage Foundation is looking to tie that into their day to garner some additional donations with the $60,000 fundraising goal to celebrate their 60th anniversary this year. Some of these events to celebrate their 60th anniversary could not happen this year due to COVID-19. Taylor Wildeman is a trustee with the 4-H Foundation. It's a, a registered charity with the intention of helping support the financial needs of the 4-H programs that are happening throughout the province. And so a lot of our work is around the fundraising and also the support of longer-term investments to make sure that 4-H is successful now and into the future. The 4-H Foundation sends tax receipts for any donation over $20. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black Angus, horn and pulled Herefords, red and black Sim Angus, Charlay and red Balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Yesterday, I had a chance to talk to Charles Burton. He's a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurie Institute one of Canada's biggest experts in China foreign relations. I asked him, you know, with all the struggles that Canada has had with China as of late, can Canada really afford to ignore the Chinese market? Well, I, I, you know, I agree it's a huge market. The thing is that due to their, you know, extensive use of non-tariff barriers and other means, as I said, we're only sending 4% to that enormous country. So it's more about potential and promise. Yeah. And I think that the people who defend China's interests and want Canada to comply with with China's requests, um, you know, like we should have an extradition treaty or something like that, that things that we just can't possibly do or or arbitrarily release Meng Wanzhou, which would be, you know, an interference in our independence of judiciary, um, that they promise that great riches will accrue to Canada. And I, I'm old enough to remember three times when uh, there have been uh, senior leaders from China who have promised that 
our trade would be doubled within five years. And that's never happened. Our share of the Chinese market has been stable or reducing. So the cost of Canada diversifying away from China is in the larger picture of our economy is not that great. So I, I think that you know, we should, of course, do business with China to the extent possible, but I don't think we ought to do business with them unless they're prepared to to do it on terms which are reciprocal and fair. And um, and if, you know, if if we have to make a lot of compromises to get that business with China, I don't think we ought to we ought to do that. You know, our Canadian values and our commitment to 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 multilateralism and internationalism is such that that uh, you know, we'd lose an awful lot if we if we complied with everything the Chinese regime would like out of us. The U.S. and China have really treated Canada in a sense like a ping pong ball. How how does Canada find sovereignty in trying to make the right decision for itself as it tries to deal with these two economic superpowers? I think that that's a very important uh, question. I think that you know, really, we want to be strengthening the WTO and the UN, as, uh, as uh, one of your uh, earlier um, listeners suggested. And, you know, that would be the ideal way. But at present, it seems the only way for us to, to come up with a means to address China is under U.S. leadership. And that really wasn't possible under President Trump, um, even though Secretary of State Pompeo did talk about it an awful lot, particularly they seem to be keener on Europe, although I, I thought that you know they really weren't paying enough attention to Canada. But I think under under President Biden, we could see that. Um, but you know, it's always the case that nations act in their own self-interest, and the China and the U.S. are superpowers, and so I think it's critical that we collaborate more closely with um, other middle powers, like like in Europe and Australia and New Zealand. I recently read in Foreign Affairs magazine that there's a lot of similarities between the U.S.-China relationship and early in the 1900s, what happened to U.K. and Germany in the sense that they slid, sleepwalked into World War One. Is that possible in, in today's comparison? It scares the hell out of me. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of it has to do with the um, current Chinese government, which, you know, it's the Chinese Communist Party, but Clearly, they're not interested in, um, you know, justice and economic uh, benefit for ordinary people. It's, you know, you're looking at a party where their National People's Congress has 86 delegates who are billionaires in U.S. dollar terms. So their legitimacy comes from a promise to the people that China will rise to become the dominant power on the planet, which is a restructuring of global institutions to, to. To, to see China replacing the United States and the West as, um, as the people dominating uh, political and economic affairs. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. 
The official 620 CKRM farm weather brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Cloudy today with light snow continuing on to this afternoon, a high plus 2. Cloudy tonight, but clearing before morning and a low minus 11. Sunshine tomorrow with a high of minus 1 and a low minus 10. Thursday, sunshine, a high of plus 1 and a low minus 8. Friday, sunshine, the high plus 1, a low minus 4. And Saturday, sunshine with a high of plus 4 and a low of minus 4. The normal high for this time of year, minus 6. The normal low is minus 17. Sun rose this morning at 8.38 and the sun will set tonight at 4.58 p.m. In Saskatoon right now, it's plus one. Swift Current sits at minus three. Estevan at plus three. Weyburn at plus two. Yorkton also sitting at plus three. We're in Moose Jaw right now. It's cloudy with light snow. Wind west-northwest gusting to 42 kilometers an hour. It's plus one. In Regina, cloudy with light snow. Wind northwest gusting up to 47. It's plus one. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, it's brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Alberta Pork recently hosted their 2020 annual general meeting with more than 100 producers taking part there were a couple of resolutions brought forward, including asking Alberta Pork's board of directors to look at the idea of going back to a single-desk system of marketing pork. The single-desk was abolished in Alberta nearly 30 years ago. Alberta Pork Executive Director Darcy Fitzgerald spoke with Alberta reporter Dean Thorpe. He says it's clear something needs to be done to help an industry that has been hurting for a while. We showed a slide um, and shared it with, with uh, producers at our AGM, just showing, you know, 30 years ago when we got rid of the single desk or, you know, 20, between 25 and 30 years ago when we got rid of the single desk, you know, we moved ourselves out and, and we, as we looked at that, um, you know, the producer price has dropped or stayed relatively flat and not changed, but, you know, indexes on, you know, uh, on-farm expenses and the consumer index, everything's gone up, but the producer's still getting paid basically what it got paid pre, you know, single desk. So, you know, in another slide that we showed uh, producers, uh, USDA numbers, mind you, um, and it looked at retail. And if we look at the past 50 years, who's making the money off off the value of a pig in our domestic markets? Well, in the U.S., I would say, um, you know, and we could only envision that it's similar in Canada, but, you know, the vast majority of the money being made off, off pork uh, goes to the retailer, then the packer, and then the producer is left with, you know, uh, I wouldn't even say... If you can, if you can see, you know how many pigs we have today versus what we had, you know, um, even 25, 30 years ago. I mean, we're flatlined. You know, really, it's not nothing's growing, and that's predicated on not making any money. I mean, what kind of future do you have, or why would you invest in this industry if you can't make money? Um, and so, you know, we we're we're just saying like, you know, these things have to change. Like everybody in the supply chain needs to change. But first, we need it to, to be the producer and packer working together. Then together, we can talk to you know, consumers and to the retailers about, you know, sharing that that value as well, too. I mean, we all need to be healthy and be in the, in, in the business, so. 
That's Darcy Fitzgerald with Alberta Pork. Nearly 70% of producers attending that AGM this month support the idea of exploring a return to the single desk. There are appears to be a real split among Canada's agriculture ministers on how to fix agri-stability. Following the second of two meetings with her provincial counterparts on Friday, Federal Ag Minister Marie-Claude Bibeau said Ottawa was willing to make some changes to the program, but stood fast on the current 60-40 splits for cost-sharing with the provinces. Yesterday, we heard from Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt. He dismissed the plan, saying it puts more of a burden on a smaller tax base. In an interview later with Real Agriculture, Alberta's Ag Minister Devin Dreeshen said Ottawa's willingness to move on some aspects of the program came at the end of Friday's meeting with very little time for any real discussion. This was a two-week FPT meeting just due to COVID and the travel restrictions, rather than it being over a couple of days, it was stretched out uh, last Friday and then this Friday, so spread out over two weeks. But it was, like I said, it was it had good and bad. The the good was there was consensus on BRM reforms of of replacing agri stability, of reforming this program. That even when it was brought in, just the complexity of it, the fact that it takes about two years to actually get any type of of indication of whether a farmer or producer actually receives any support through it, it it never really triggered well and it never worked well for farmers. So the the federal government introducing um, the the compensation limit up to 80%, not the 85% that was there prior, but to 80% and to make changes to the reference margin levels, it was a frustration of the fact that it was introduced at the 11th hour. It was, a, again, a, a two-week meeting that they could have introduced it on day one and given provinces time to go through their process of going through cabinet and treasury board to see if they could maybe get some indication from from them, themselves of whether they could support it or not. But because it was the very last minute and there was about an hour between when the, the federal government made the proposal and the discussion of the communique and then the final press conference, that it was set up to fail or was made impossible for provincial governments to actually get indication from their cabinet or treasury board of whether they could support. That's Alberta's Ag Minister Devin Dreeshen on the agri-stability program and the development that has taken place in the last number of days. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. This week's Saskatchewan Ag Report is on corn grazing research. Dwayne Sumac is a livestock and feed extension specialist in Kindersley. Grazing standing corn is an extensive winter feeding practice that works in Western Canada. While discussions often focus on the input cost of growing a corn crop and which variety to use, the success of corn grazing is driven by using the dry matter that's produced. Managing the cows to use as much of the corn plant as possible lowers the overall unit cost, reduces the amount of trash to deal with before seeding the next crop, and provides a stable diet for the rumen microbes to process. Ideally, cows would be given access to a fresh patch of corn every day. The more practical management advice has been to provide two to three days worth of grazing at a time. But 
producers continually challenged this advice and stretched the moves to weekly or even monthly. A study was completed at the Western Beef Development Centre to investigate the differences that occur when cattle were moved every three days versus every nine days. There were no differences between treatments for body weight, back fat, rump fat cover, body condition score or average daily gain. Differences were identified in the digestion processes and the economics. The average cost per head per day when moving every three days was $1.60 versus $1.84 when they were moved every nine days. To most people, this is counterintuitive. It takes more time to move cows more often and so it should be more expensive. And the study identified that the difference in yardage cost was 11 cents per head per day. The study found that the more frequent moves resulted in better forage use. The cows ate more of what was grown, leaving less behind, resulting in more cows fed per acre. The cost of corn to feed the cows with moves every three days was $1.14 instead of $1.49 when they were moved every nine days. The net return to management is 24 cents per day as the labor for moving the fence was accounted for in the yardage differential. Moving 100 cows 30 times instead of 10 times over three months is worth about $2,100 in improved feed use. For in more information regarding this study, contact a livestock and feed extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture or call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. This is Dwayne Summick with the Saskatchewan Agriculture Report. And that was Dwayne Summick, the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist in Kindersley. The market update brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. Durham started the day up a little bit at 297.62. Feed barley still unchanged at 209.70. Canola took a major jump. It now sits at 539.37. Flax at 693.37. Lentils at 552.50. Oats 206.53. Yellow peas at 334.89. Feed wheat 183.72 and number one red spring wheat is at 228.29. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is a market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of December 1st. We sold 1,850 head of cattle here so far this week. The market was quite good. Uh, three to four hundred pounds steers averaged two dollars and sixty-eight cents a pound, sold up to two seventy-four. Uh, four to four hundred fifty pound steers averaged two fifty-nine, sold up to two seventy. Uh, four four fifty to five hundred pound steers averaged two thirty-one, sold up to two seventy as well. Five to five hundred fifty pound steers averaged two twenty-one, sold up to two thirty-seven. Five to fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two hundred nine, sold up to two twenty-three. Uh, 600 to 650 pound steers averaged a dollar 98, sold up to 214. Uh, 650 to 700 pound steers averaged a dollar 90, sold up to two dollars a pound. And 7 to 800 pound steers averaged a dollar 82, sold up to a dollar 91. Heifers were 20 to 40 cents back, depending on weight. Some of the highlights of the week were a load of 432 pound black Angus steers at two dollars and seventy cents a pound, or 1166 bucks per head. We sold a load of 500 pound tan steers at 237 a pound, or 1175 dollars per head, which is only nine dollars more. Then a load of 550 pound tan steers at 223. 
600-pound tan steers at 206 a pound, 650-pound tan steers at $1.97, and 700-pound tan steers at $1.89 a pound. The real highlight of the sale was a 574-pound black Angus steer for Bar C Cattle Company uh, that sold for $2.14 and a quarter, which is quite a premium. Good breeding program, good people. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is the hams market commentary for Tuesday, December 1st. Hams sold 7,700 hogs Monday, selling a range of 158 to 176 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,300 head, selling a range of 156 to 176 per CKG. Hams cash hog price today is mixed and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up 12 basis points with the daily exchange rate at 1.2965. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 77.20 cents US. US cash hog values appear to be stabilizing with cash bids experiencing a slight improvement in yesterday's trade. The pork carcass cutout is helping the trend with the benchmark price for wholesale pork cuts seeing a modest improvement in yesterday's trade. Support came almost exclusively from the pork belly primal, which gained nearly 10% of its value in yesterday's trade. Pork bellies have the dubious reputation of being amongst the most volatile of any agricultural product, and given that they make up 16% of the hog carcass by weight, have a major influence on the pork cutout value. Lean hog futures have also been experiencing gains, with almost all contracts finishing the month of November at their highs. Over the last two months, Traders have factored in more optimism that the negative impact of COVID-19 will diminish as we approach the summer of 2021. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity, on the 6th of February of 2021. Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.